0: Another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by my friend Reese, a.k.a. Referees. Reese, how's it going? How was wedding
1: number six? Wedding number six was awesome. I got stuff to report back. Uh, So number one, it was not a dry wedding. It was not a dry wedding. In
0: fact, pseudo Sue, drum roll, please. No, they didn't have
1: pseudo Sue. They had a, uh. They had his and hers cocktails. You know, they like, this is his custom cocktails. Oh. And the hers was actually essentially a bourbon Moscow mule. So sub out vodka, Ooh. add bourbon. Pretty solid. Not going to lie. Uh, another fun thing was that my dad doesn't drink cocktails often, but you know, one in Rome. So he had a cocktail. And by the end of the cocktail... He was, like, telling all my cousins the story of, like, how he came to America, and it's super oh, cool. No. Dude, there's, like, director's <laughs> cuts in that story that even I didn't know about. <laughs> like, what? You did what, Dude, when? Dude, I, I,
0: I also, I love how this wedding went from, like, super dry wedding to then not even having beers, just going straight to hard liquor. Well, I mean, they had
1: <laughs> beer, but the cocktails were free, so, like, I'm not that's gonna, cool. you know, I'm not gonna drink a 350 Bud Light, and that's...
0: When in Rome. Okay, sorry, I, I, I messed up the story. Continue because I want to hear your dad's coming to America. Oh, well, so
1: we gotta get him on the podcast so we can properly tell the Oh would love the, to. The would
0: love to have uh um referee senior on. Yeah, dude.
1: Get get ref-
0: We also have to get your dad a nickname too.
1: Oh man. Uh Jeepers. Welsh Wonder. The Welsh Wonder's pretty good. Uh <laughs> someone called me Welsh Welker once, so we can call him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, I mean, the easy one's the Welsh dragon, but yeah, you know, what are you going to do?
0: We will, uh, when, when we have your dad on the podcast, we will have your dad make up a nickname for us, for him
1: live on the pod. How about that? That sounds good. That that sounds good. (laughs) I love it. So, uh, that was how my wedding went this last weekend. How about you? What are you been up to?
0: No weddings for me. Um, what did I do this weekend? Do, do, do. I did a lot of stuff. I I'm uh, I'm now the the choir director at at the church that I sing at. So Um, Coming with the choir director duties is now them asking me to do every single event that's at that church, Mm -hmm. which is great, but uh, also kind of keeps you busy on the weekend, Um, but also had a a lovely birthday dinner for my wife, Logan, whose birthday was last week, but we celebrated this weekend with her parents, Uh, went to this really nice... uh, Uh, French restaurant in Denver on Sunday when it was Broncos Raiders so the traffic was crazy not only was it Broncos Raiders but they were also inducting Mike Shanahan into the like Colorado Sports Hall of Fame really so it was it it was quite the quite the traffic jam down there but really cool great time Denver's awesome
1: Uh, how did the French restaurant stack up to our favorite Kansas City French restaurant (laughs) actual
0: Well, you know what? What's funny is uh, um, the only time that I've ever had a croque monsieur, which is uh, like a ham sandwich with an egg on it um is when I was at Exoa which by the way if people don't know this story I think we've we've told it on the on the season 0 which you could only get on Patreon by the way we can do that social media blast later cuz the story's kind of cool um Reese and I had a, a, a the most excellent time at the French restaurant Ixois, uh, just by UMKC why you ask was it a great time cuz again a very expensive restaurant well it was during the world series in fact we saw the very last game when when the Royals sealed the deal. Uh, we saw it there at XY and why not only was it fun because of that. But because tank sevens were one dollar.
1: Yeah, that was insane.
0: Uh, I think that place. Needs- <laughs> whose idea, Xois? I mean, we love you, but whose idea was to put tank seven for one dollar? Are you kidding me? Like, you got to have Uber drivers just lined up outside of Xois. Although, because it's a fancy restaurant, we were the only ones drinking it.
1: I mean, that's, that's very true. But the highlight <laughs> is at the end of that game. If you remember, someone ordered champagne for like champagne. the entire restaurant. And it was, I do remember it was
0: this guy at the bar that was like by himself the whole time, kind of sad, but also, you know, that's his like, that's his bar. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was great. He got a champagne toast for all of us. A lot of fun. I mean, it's like the, the most random place to watch a, a world series win for the Kansas city Royals, but that's why I'll never forget it. Cause it was just so strange and so beautiful
1: dude it was a great time and uh shout out to uh the k and city kid noah mesker for ordering frog legs like a champ and eating <laughs> them like <a> champ. <laughs> yeah
0: that's right <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, the, like like the, the Kansas City Royals World Series clinching win. We have Tank 7 at a fancy restaurant and the KC kid gets frog legs. Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: But I mean, to his credit, <laughs> they were disgusting, but he still put them all away like a champ. So...
0: Wasn't it wasn't it also on happy hour? Like that's yeah. why he got it.
1: Well that's when you said you had like a Monsieur Croque or something like that. Yeah, it, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the the the, the fancy croque monsieur, just a really fancy sandwich is well, beautiful. When um it was, when you said it was a ham yeah, sandwich with
1: an egg, Monsieur Croque sounds like it should directly translate to like Mr. Frog or something like that. And I thought you had like a frog leg. <laughs> and you thought I had like frog legs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this this one's for you, K C kid. <laughs> oh,
1: Crunch. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely,
0: uh, but no, it was a great restaurant. Uh, it, I think it stacks up just because it was a great birthday dinner. Yeah, but uh, boy, I've had I've had two great memories. <laughs> two great memories had French restaurants. And I'm not even a a francophile.
1: Dude, times to never forget, <laughs> never forget.
0: Times. Uh, speaking about times to forget, Rich, shall we just get right into our um, our fantasy football league?
1: Uh, let's do. it Let's hop into fantasy football and uh okay
0: i i i have time to edit this one so i can edit this um i'm gonna edit in the um uh some sort of like some sort of sad music here i don't know what it is but it's currently playing it could be amazing grace or something's playing right now because r.i.p to our fantasy team reese r.i.p and you know what sucks is like our team is good. We, I, I think we have a pretty good team. Unfortunately, we have been playing some pretty good teams. Um, it's just luck is not on our side. I mean, what sucks is we had a, a really awful wide receiver core. For those of you, that, for those of you that don't remember, we drafted Brandon Ayuk. Trash. We drafted De- Devonte Smith. Trash. We drafted. We drafted did Henry Ruggs, who had a decent game last week, but still, yeah, it's too late. Decent. Um, and who did we just get rid of? Oh, yeah. Our first wide receiver was Alan Robinson, trash. which which to my defense, Alan Robinson was still good with Andy Dalton last trash. year. Like he was still like a top 15 wide receiver. So I was like, surely he'll do something surely. But unfortunately, he's been trash. So we were able to get rid of Alan Robinson. We did a trade to Buffalo Mike. We got Chris Godwin. So now, like, we're starting to, like, form this decent team because we because we have the stronghold of Jalen Hurts, of Zeke, of Eckler, of Justin Tucker, um, who have been pretty good. Yeah. Pretty awesome. That's, I mean, that's the number f- Eckler is like number two and Zeke is five.
1: Yeah, dude. Seriously, that's it's the number two and three running backs, the number four quarterback, and the number one kicker. And Hawk's a number... He's just outside the top five tight ends. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hawk sucks, but like... All tight ends suck. So it shouldn't matter that he's he's still you're right. He's still top 10. And like I've been trained uh, by by the doctrine of always having great running backs. And that will always um, propel your fantasy team. Not this year. Not this year. So insult to injury. What are we now? What are we last. one in five? We are dead last. But insult to injury this week, Reese, we have no running backs. What? What? <laughs> Gosh, they're all—they are all on buys. Oh Zeke's on a buy. Eckler's on a buy. Tony Pollard's on a buy. Zach Moss is on a uh. buy. <laughs> we have zero running backs. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so trash. How is this possible? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, and then Chris—and then Chris Carson's out for like four weeks.
1: Okay, okay. Here's what we gotta do. We gotta get rid of Chris Carson. <laughs>
0: Well, no, uh, Chris. Chris Carson is is on our injured reserve, so it doesn't matter. He's not. He's not taking up a spot. Uh,
1: dude, okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna fix this on air right now. <laughs> we got to get rid of Jamison Crowder. Period. That opens up two bench spots, and we just have yeah. to like waiver wire the best two running backs we can well possibly
0: guess oh, so i i also forgot how the waiver wire works i thought it was when you use it but it's actually when you're in last place you always get the like first waiver order so that's why we've always been getting like chubba hubbard we got um who else do we get? we got another guy that was really good so we have the first pick again reese <sighs> So which is good. So I think Dearness Johnson from the Browns Who? is still up there. <laughs> wait, wait, hear me out. Hear me out.
1: <laughs> I can't believe this. This is trash.
0: Wait, 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 okay, so 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 um Nick Chubb is out. Kareem Hunt is also out, so Dearness Johnson is uh the number one pick
1: this week. I, I don't even see him on here.
0: Did someone take
1: Dearness oh, Johnson? My if There's someone no took way. Dearness Johnson. I There's swear. No
0: way. <gasps> Who has it? Hold on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. You got to be kidding me. Someone took Dearness Johnson. How did they take
1: Dearness Johnson before the oh, waiver no, no, no. wire? He's, the, he's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. Uh, okay. 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 Do you, okay.
0: Because do you- because he's projected to have like 15 points. I swear. I just looked it up. You're
1: right. Do you want me to hit the plus button right now? <laughs>
0: Okay, well, let's, let's look really quick. Okay, so Kenneth Gainwell sucks. Um, Kyle Juszczyk. That's when you know you're bad, He's when f- Kyle Usech. He's
1: a fullback.
0: <laughs> dude, we are so thin in running backs right now. It's not even... Dude. Oh, it's not even funny. Yeah, so we have to go with De- Dearness Johnson is going to be our running back number one. Oh. And then we need another running back. Oh,
1: Dude, let's just get Divine Ozig- o- Ozigbo from New Orleans. Oh. Oh, no. Dude, what do we even do? These are beyond scrubs. Do we just, like, take <laughs> my boy David Johnson on a prayer? <laughs> Sony Michelle, who's questionable?
0: Wait, I want to see. I want to see. Oh, well, this is this is what I was thinking of our strategy, and I guess... It's fine that it's on the pot. I don't really care anymore because we suck. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and claim Dearness Johnson. That'll be our guy. And then I'm thinking we do, like, a another big stonk trade.
1: Okay, we'll, bi- we'll big um, stonk trade. We'll see. We're not going to tell you what the trade is. but
0: Yeah, we're not going to tell you what the trade is, but we need another big stonk trade, even though we have so many great running backs.
1: A- yeah, anybody <laughs> to potentially watch... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Select any players to conditionally drop if this claim is successful or continue to skip. Uh, We
0: shouldn't have to drop. Oh, that should be optional, so just don't do it. That's the
1: stupidest thing. Why does it ask you to drop somebody conditionally if you have an open bench spot?
0: I don't know. That's stupid. It's just to screw with people. Almost
1: as stupid as having four running backs on bye on the same week.
0: So, um, RIP us, as I hope all of you out there are laughing. I know most of our uh, fantasy team listens to the podcast. Thank you all for listening. I'm sure you're getting a kick out of this one. Yeah. Uh, Before we uh, finish the the league, um, I'm going to do Buffalo Micah solid. One, because it took me a while to send him Kansas City barbecue. And two, he beat... The uh, he beat the Kansas City Chiefs, so we might as well do him a solid and he's not here to to gloat about it. So let's see. We are going to highlight him today because he beat the Motown Philly East Coast Swing last week, which is his best friend David.
1: Dude. (laughs) Wow. Very good.
0: He beat him one thirty two point two two to ninety two point zero eight. Let's see where the big blow was. Um ba-ba-bum. he had Dallas Goddard who gave him zero points. He had Patriots D against the Cowboys. Come on, David. Negative four points. <laughs> um, Mike Williams. I'm glad we didn't trade for Mike Williams. He's really downturning right now. Three point seven points last week. And then let's see where did uh, where did. Where did Buffalo Mike go well? Oh, yeah. Tyler Bass, 13 points. Cortland Sutton had 19 points. Good Lord. Wow. Stefan Diggs, 19 points. Um, Kenyon Drake, 20 points. Wow. All right. Jeez. Impressive. Wow. So there you go. Buffalo Mike, have your um, have your fun against David. David, you are now two and five. You are not doing well just like us. Ooh, one last thing. Let's see what our playoff chances are. Do, do, do. Playoff chance. Do you want to guess what percentage our playoff chances are?
1: Uh, I'm going to guess our playoff chances right now are sitting at like 7%. 3%. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so this, this is what's, uh, this uh, why fantasy is such a cruel mistress here. We are legitimately uh just over two points away from having the third most points scored in the league. Just
0: I see, oh my gosh i see just that like, you're right
1: everyone is just wailing on us whenever we play them it's like we score 125 like oh this guy went off for 160 it's like what are you supposed to do there
0: <laughs> i know that like, truly we have awful luck because you're right we we could be in third place and we're in we're in 12th dead I, last I mean, but in points we were actually doing really well
1: we just can't catch a break can't catch a break
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then freaking fort wayne uh i think that's uh who is that Joel no, that's a no it's Alex yeah. sorry oh boy, Alex Alex play play again so what's his record three and he's three and two mm-hmm. so for for those of you that aren't seeing this the points against us is a, a total of 700 points his is 575 that's points. a complete game. like come on if we would have had that come oh, on dog
1: well, I mean, it's early. It's a, there's still so many weeks. There's still so many weeks. I,
0: I hope so, man. We, we we need some sort of Motown miracle, baby. Yeah,
1: man. Some Music City Madness, if you will. Some
0: Music City Madness, which we saw on Sunday night. Sure did,
1: <laughs> sure did.
0: <laughs> All right, Reese. Anything else you want to chat before we get into the game? Uh,
1: very last thing. I did have a lot of people asking last week what the name of the host was that we. Oh yeah, down the, the big reveal. Uh, so, as everybody who's asked, no, it was not Jim Rome, no, it was not John Gruden, none it was none of those guys. The person I was referring to that you should all know about is none other than. Yeah. So it was obviously Armando. Uh, did you? No, you- I asked you last week and you didn't predict that it was that person. So you know. Hopefully, everybody else does.
0: That's right. But, but yeah, but now you all know, so that's great. And then we can talk about it in our text chain. So, there you
1: yep. go. Sounds good to me. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay, Reese, so let's go ahead and dive into it. This game a little better than our last, but I don't know, still have some funny feelings after that game. So, ladies and gentlemen, we played the Washington football Football team? Yeah, Washington football team. I want to say Washington football league. Who knows what their name is? Does really matter. Um, Anyway, we beat them 31 to 13 on a Sunday afternoon. And in the second half, it wasn't even close, but Reese that first half. Really, really a tale of two halves, which I know I've used on this podcast before about the Chiefs. So probably not a a good thing. But Andy Reid also said this was a tale of two halves. Um, And let's 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 go right into it. So let's go more into the second quarter because the first quarter was actually okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were getting the running game and we'll talk about Darrell Williams a little later on in the podcast. But, you know, I, I didn't feel too bad in that in that second or in that first quarter. Now the second quarter is when we see the old 2021 Chiefs. I say the old 2021 Chiefs because they already have an identity, and it's an identity that we don't like, and that's miffed catches by Tyreek Hill. Oh gosh. Tyreek Hill, another miffed catch to then be intercepted by our old friend Kendall Fuller. Reese, what's what's going on with Tyreek Hill and because it doesn't seem like Patrick Mahomes is putting too much zip on the ball. In fact, we see him put a ton of zip on that third quarter touchdown uh, to Tyreek Hill. So this, I'm solely blaming Tyreek. This has to be his third or fourth myth. Myth. What, what What's going on there,
1: Reese? I think it's just statistical anomalies like eventually averaging themselves out. You know, Tyreek Hill is actually a very elite wide receiver when it comes to tracking, and he's got very sure hands. So I I literally just think it's that. It's an anomaly. And I was thinking this to myself when I was driving through rush hour traffic a couple days ago. I really wish that the NFL would incorporate some sort of interception statistic that I know this would never happen. But, like, you know how in baseball a pitcher's got, like, a perfect game going through seven? He hits a grounder. It goes to the shortstop. This should be, like, an easy double play. But, like, he (laughs) he whiffs it and it goes through his legs and it gets counted as an error. So, like, the (laughs) no-hitter's gone, but – they're sorry, the perfect game's gone, but, like, the no-hitter's still there. The error. I think there needs to be, like, the equivalent of, like, team interceptions versus quarterback statistical interceptions. So like the minute the ball touches a wide receiver's hands, it no longer can be the quarterback's interception. But like the box score of the game might say, oh, the Chiefs had two interceptions, but Patrick Mahomes says he only has one interception. Okay, so he threw one right to some guy like an idiot but the other one must have been a tip drill or something screwy happening.
0: Did you know that Patrick Mahomes' mom said exactly what you just said? Really? <laughs> yeah. <Am I> Patrick <laughs> yeah, Mahomes' mom. <laughs> I, I don't think you are Mama Mahomes, but okay. Mama Mahomes said the exact same thing on Twitter on Sunday, saying that these interceptions shouldn't count against Pat. And I I agree with you. I think I think other um, other sports leagues, like you mentioned, the MLB, they don't attribute that to the pitcher, but they attribute it to the person that does that. So I agree with you. I think they should change that because things would look a lot differently, especially for Patrick Mahomes, because we're seeing that a lot, right? We're not seeing that from Aaron Aaron Rodgers. We're not seeing that from Um, who else is a good quarterback Justin Herbert Mm -hmm. like when when Justin Herbert makes an interception he makes an interception I'm not going to say it's an anomaly because it looks like Tyreek Hill when he catches the ball he's already looking towards where he's going to run yeah Um, so it kind of just looks sloppy right now He's, he's a very confident player and that's what makes him successful but it's to his detriment this year that he is already thinking ahead of the play instead of just trying to catch the ball because he's very good he's he's the fastest wide receiver arguably one of the best wide receivers in the game so to him it looks like he is just already thinking I'm going to catch it unfortunately he's going to have to go back to the basics he's going to have to tighten it up Um, I haven't gone back to look at the other the other myths but I'm going to say the other myths as well it's like his head is turned already before he catches the ball um, and that's great that they have that good of chemistry, but it's not good enough for him to just catch that ball. I'm sorry, but we don't have stick him anymore, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you're still, you're still a great, a great wide receiver. Obviously, he's making these routes, um, but you, you gotta catch the ball. And I'm sure that that's gonna be cleaned up. My, my panic meter is a zero, so I'm sure it'll be fine. It just sucks. Like, come on, clean it up, clean it up. Yep. Speaking about cleaning it up. Let's clean up blown coverage on super slow players uh, like Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, I mean, it's it's bad enough that we're doing blown coverages for guys like Stefan Diggs, for guys like Cole Beasley, you know, for, for guys that can run a little bit. But when we blow coverage for a tight end that's 400 pounds, that's when it pisses me off. And of course, who is highlighted in that blown coverage, Reese?
1: Uh, was it someone that I made a meme about last week?
0: <laughs> Correct. By the way, if you haven't seen the meme go on our Instagram, <laughs> Fountain City SM, oh, we're also starting to post it on those Chiefs forums, uh, which is which is great as well. You know what? So I
1: want to start a campaign right now that you know we got Sorensen off of the starting defensive role. We're gonna start a campaign to get Ben off of the field. We're gonna call it Memen Neiman. <laughs> we're just gonna keep <laughs> meme <Neiman> until he's <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> I got it, actually it's funny you said that damn I think I had a statistic no I didn't I, it was about Sorensen okay go ahead I thought I had the snap percentage that Neiman was up um it was low though it was low in Ben Neiman like it wasn't in the 70s or 80s
1: uh, so I'm just gonna get to the point and say again it's just like Sorensen I don't care if he's got hustle and practice I don't care if he knows the playbook what good is a player if he knows where he should be but he can't be there in time because he's getting blown by the slowest tight end in the league. This isn't even Knox from the Bills, who that is one of the fastest freaking tight ends I've ever seen in my life. That guy moves fast. Yeah, But it, it's yeah. not. And they have both now gotten blown by slow this tight ends. Is, this
0: is this is former practice squad player Ricky Seals Jones for the
1: Chiefs. Dude, I think <laughs> Seal might be faster than Ricky Seals Jones if we had a foot race. I'm dead serious.
0: <laughs> Ba-ya-ya-ya-ya-ya-ya-ya-ya-ya-ya.
1: While he's running, you just got blown by Ricky Seals Jones on the slant route. <laughs> and you would know.
0: Actually, I don't even think that's Seal, is it?
1: That, that's Seal, dude.
0: That is Kissed by a Rose. Okay, yeah. cool. Shout out to Seal. Shout out to Seal. I mean, Seal actually, Seal's jacked, right? Like, oh, Seal yeah. looks good. Seal, I saw Seal <laughs> live at yeah. was You at probably watch, could right? outrun Ricky Seals, Joe. No way, you yeah, did?
1: I did, yeah. It was a uh, Macy Gray opening for Seal. It was pretty cool. Not, you went to a Macy Gray and Seal concert? Uh, absolutely, especially when it's free. You know it.
0: <laughs> I just uh, never in a million years would I think that Reese went to a Macy Gray concert or a Seal concert. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so we had that blown coverage inexcusable. Um, Luckily, though, Reese, we're, we are seeing some more snaps for Juan Thornhill. We're seeing a lot more snaps for Nick Bolton. Hopefully when Willie Gay... Comes back into the fold. We see a lot more Willie Gay, uh, but it seems like the defense is trending in the right direction when it comes to who is on the field. Maybe not how they're playing, but when it comes to snap percentage, we saw a big drop for Sorensen.
1: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Juan Thornhill up to a hundred percent snaps that game. I believe I saw that. Love to uh, see it. Uh, Daniel Sorensen was down to I think it was thirty-five percent snaps. Which is exactly where he's most effective. Bring him in as some sort of Absolutely. linebacker safety hybrid on third down to spy the quarterback as like the late blitzer. He's good at that. He's just not an he's, every down starter.
0: He's your designated hitter in the, or he's 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 your pinch hitter in the ninth inning of the playoffs that that scores a home run and everyone thinks he's the best player in the world and that's fine that's fine he's that type of guy but he's not the hundred percent snap guy where Justin Herbert where Josh Allen go where where's Dirty Dan where's Dirty Dan where's Dirty Dan and then throw it to like their practice squad wide receiver that looks like Randy Moss you know what
1: I bet you Steve Spagnuolo this whole time he's like check him out. Every play they're looking for Sorensen, that's because they don't want to throw in his direction and they're afraid of him. When in reality, it's like, where's Sorensen? I'm going to pick on this guy so bad.
0: This is th- this is Spags every Monday morning in, in, in Brett Be- Beach's office. He brings them like Krispy Kreme donuts and, and he's like, hey, Brett, I got a story for you.
1: Krispy Kreme? You know I'm a Dunkin' guy. Get out of here. You're benched. <laughs>
0: Yes, Brett and uh, and Spags are also from New York. All
1: right, now that now they're looking down Neiman every drive. Yeah, that's right. He's our next best defender.
0: <laughs> this is okay that that reminded me of something but i I can't i i don't know who i'm trying to put my thumb on anyway i'll think of it later okay so we're almost done with all of the uh, negative stuff here guys don't worry don't worry stay with us now our last negative thing which may be maybe the worst patrick mahomes interception you think or uh, have there been worse probably worse but this one was pretty bad maybe worse of the season
1: yeah i don't i'm gonna sound like a total stan right now this one wasn't as bad as i thought it was i was listening to the radio. Coming back from the uh, the wedding in Des Moines, and, and like Mitch Holtz about lost his mind. And I had my friend saying that was the worst pick he'd ever thrown. Honestly, it looked to me like Pat was just trying to throw the ball away when getting tackled, and like the ball slipped out of his grip, kind of like Ben Roethlisberger doing his pump fakes this last weekend. So again, in that instance, like dude, Pat, I love you. Just take the sack, so we're still in field goal range to end the half. That was a dumb decision. But I don't think it was what was he thinking. It was a dumb decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, and
0: I don't. I'm not necessarily sure if I agree with you. Um, Patrick Mahomes did say after the game that he was really embarrassed that he made that throw and like he he owned up to it. There was no excuse for it, even though he said he thought he saw Tyreek coming in or something that he thought that there it was going to be there, but. It it looked like he had control of the ball the entire time. It didn't look like he was being miffed. Like obviously he was being tackled hard, but there was no play to be made. I mean I think Patrick knew that, and that that was just that was just awful. The only devil's advocate that'll give Patrick Mahomes is that he knew that there wasn't a lot of time left, and it was more of like a, maybe a numbers game. Whether it does get intercepted or not, they're they're still far away from the goal line. Uh, it's not going to be a pick pick six. They're probably not going to go all the way down the field. I, I I better make a shot. That's the only thing I would think of. But that is not a Patrick Mahomes or a, or a Hall of Famer decision. You just kind of. You just kind of eat it, and that's well, it. And
1: here's the other thing, too. We saw this Patrick's first year starting when he made that uh, no-look pass across his body in the Ravens game. For, like, the next year and a half, he tried that two or three more times just because it was, like, his cool signature thing, and it didn't work, so he kind of put it away for a while. I think after we threw that 180-degree parallel pass that hit Daryl Williams right in the dome in the Super Bowl, Pat's like, oh... I have the power to do that. And he's tried it now a few times this year, and <laughs> albeit both times they've gotten picked off. So I think that's one just to kind of put back in his repertoire for like yeah. do or die in a game. And that was not a do or die moment.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I, I totally agree with you there. And I think the, the magic of Patrick Mahomes is obviously still there, but people are expecting the magic of Patrick Mahomes now as a defense Oh yeah. before like whenever a play would break even though Patrick Mahomes did it a thousand times they didn't think he would make a play but now they're expecting him to make a play so people are even more close to a Tyree kill to a Travis Kelsey when a play is broken and he's scrambling where beforehand maybe they're not super tight on Tyree kill they're not super tight on Travis Kelsey which is how they're able to get into space but now I mean uh, Travis Kelsey was double teamed so many times so many times oh, yeah. um, and they obviously played cover two a lot too so not that the magic's gone but they're expecting the magic and they've prepared for the magic so yeah uh, really interesting to see and like I kind of predicted this year I think we're just going to see a lot of Patriots Tom Brady to Gronk uh, really boring offense but it, it's going to be successful like we saw in that second half so in the second half Patrick Mahomes beat the Washington football team by a thousand cuts. I mean, just literally dink, dunk slants uh, which resulted in that very first uh, drive uh, to Tyreek Hill he did that zip pass slant and it was beautiful right into Tyreek Hill's hands then we came back baby not only that but our defense showed up defense gets three out of four stops in the second half one of which was a field goal and then ultimately ending in that Tershawn Wharton trap interception which was freaking wild and finally someone on that defensive line makes a play and of course, it's the person that is on the very end of the depth chart that makes the play, Reese.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's it's kind of funny what happens when you play your best personnel on defense and nobody else has to look over their shoulder to make sure that they aren't targeting the weakest link on the defense. It's almost like Legereus Sneed, Tyron Matthew, Rashad Fenton, all had their highest PFF grades of the year when they didn't have to worry about Ringo Starr, the fourth Beatle, hanging out in the secondary. Am I wrong?
0: No, Reese, you are not wrong. You are right. The cornerbacks played incredibly well. Um, I I I really hope, and I don't think this is gonna happen, but I think I, I really hope Fenton keeps his spot when Trivarius Ward comes back. Yeah. Um, because you can see he's hanging. He's hanging with Stephon Diggs. He hung with Scary Terry. I mean, I was really impressed with the with with the speed that we saw from Fenton, but also the heart and the way that he was able to defend those one on one plays unfortunately when ward's back i don't know if he still has that spot
1: i mean i'm not you say you don't think Fenton has that spot
0: yeah so i think cornerback one and two is going to be Ward, Snead, and then fenton's going to fall into that cornerback three uh unfortunately we're not seeing a lot from mikey we didn't see a lot of mike hughes last game um so, yeah, I think he falls to cornerback three, which I actually don't mind him as as that two and one. Yo,
1: look, if I'm Steve Spagnuolo and I'm maybe coaching for my job still, why would I roll away from the hot hand that last game? I would leave the personnel exactly as they were because it's like, why trade the devil, you know, for the one you don't? You know, the lineup you rolled out last week has cohesion, team speed and played well. Why would you mess with that right now? If you're going to stick with Sorensen for five weeks, why would you mess with Rashad Fenton right now?
0: Reese, what, what is the likelihood another devil's advocate? And by the way, I've learned this devil's advocate from you, Reese. You, you for years... Not on this podcast, but podcast and post pre podcasts have been the uh, devil's advocate for our group. Oh, yeah. uh, but now I've but now I've learned from you, so now I'm going to throw a devil's advocate. Is it possible that Andy Reid and Spaggs, in the beginning of the year knew? That they were going to put Sorensen, Neiman, they, um, not a lot of Juan Thornhill, and they were going to punt on some of these games just to get the experienced guys out there and to groom Gay, to groom Bolton, to groom Juan Thornhill. What What is the likelihood that they knew that all of this was going to happen and they were slowly going to decrease snaps for Neiman and Sorensen and were going to increase snaps for Thornhill and guys like... Nick
1: Bolton. 0% chance. 0% because they weren't decreasing Sorensen's snaps. They were increasing Sorensen's snaps throughout the week. No, unless it was like a slow burn plan. They're playing like 8D chess. and Okay, starting in 2018, we're going to put these two guys out here that have no business starting in the NFL, and we're just going to like use them kind of as the carrot at the end of the stick to let the rest of our players start developing and really want to go after it. No. What's what's it uh Hold on. Occam's razor is it's like the most obvious answer is usually the right answer. What's the other razor that's like don't It's like don't take malice or planning for what can be explained by incompetence cuz it's obviously incompetence. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I know. I was, I was just trying to come up with a scenario because you're right. You're right. Yeah, they've unfortunately increased snap and uh, no, we have to go that route. Never mind. I'm just going to leave it there. OK, some more highlights before we kind of talk about who are these chiefs was Darrell Williams and again we're going to talk about Darrell Williams later but we saw a lot of Daryl Williams uh, he scores a touchdown twice once in the first half once in the second and then we have uh, Reese's boy Demarcus Robinson make a great touchdown as well in blown coverage to seal the sure. deal at the end of the <laughs> game just
1: call him my boy Reese. <laughs> yes <laughs> get out of here
0: I also in like two podcasts ago instead of DeMarcus Robinson I was saying DeMarcus Russell and you also never corrected me <laughs> you just you just let me fl- sink with the ship
1: Dude, I mean it, it's not I'm not going to call you out in your own show it's not it's not who I am
0: <laughs> thanks I appreciate that okay so yeah so, so your boy DeMarcus Russell shows up and everything just clicks right everything I'm not just talking about DeMarcus but I'm talking about the, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> <laughs> whoa choked on my ipa um <laughs> anyway um offense clicks defense clicks reese after a a second half comeback are the chiefs
1: back um it really makes you wonder i think at the very and
0: let me be more specific are the chiefs super bowl contenders again
1: uh, it kind of goes back to what I said last episode was that when this team clicks, I still think they're the most talented ceilinged team in the AFC. I wouldn't say they clicked 100%, but that second half was the only time all season we've seen the offense functioning without turnovers and the defense actually playing defense. And the result being... A very cohesive team that dominated Washington on both sides of the ball. So take that as you may. What do you think?
0: (laughs) Okay, first of all, I hate to be a Debbie Downer. Because you know I'm an optimist. I love being an optimist. But for those of you that know me, I'm also a stubborn person. And if I say one thing, then I need it to continue that way. So if I said last week that the Kansas City Chiefs are not Super Bowl contenders, one half against the worst defense in the NFL is not going to change my mind that the Kansas City Chiefs are still not championship contenders and here's why reese great great patrick mahomes made his made his passes great our screen plays for darrell williams worked blown coverage where demarcus robinson is open great that all worked awesome but we played the washington football team who are decimated actually they're not even decimated they actually have a good roster but they've been statistically awful even worse than the Chiefs defense this year so I'm not going to hang my hat that Patrick Mahomes had over 300 yards and two touchdowns against the Washington football team not only that but we also are still seeing the Kansas City Chiefs beat themselves Right, we saw that in the Bills game. We saw that here. We saw that in the Ravens game. Uh, we saw that in the Chargers game. Right, we are beating up ourselves because of the mistakes that we make. We still have a lot of turnovers and a lot of things to fix. We have those two, those two interceptions that you say are anana non- or. Anomalies. Why can't I say that word? I've only had a couple sips of this IPA. Um, unfortunately, this whole 2021 season has been an anomaly of turnovers. And now it's it's going towards a trend. So until they show me they can clean those up, and yes, I know they can clean it up. We're still an incredible offense, but they still haven't shown me they can clean it up and one half is not going to clean it up for me. Uh, and then really quickly, another thing, um, the defensive line. Sucks. And Reese, I'm I'm kind of baiting you here, in fact. Um, because someone here was was very fired up to talk about the defensive line. But 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 look what happened. Tershawn Wharton was the person that got to the quarterback. Tershawn freaking Wharton, where where are you, Frank Clark? Where are you, um, Jaron Reed? Uh, we 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 have to sign Whitney Merciless, a person that has been dropped from the Houston Texans. In order for me to be excited about this defensive line, uh, still am not. Still, I'm still not excited about this line. T- Taylor Heineke looked like he had you know more time than Josh Allen had or more time than Tom Brady has on that wonderful offensive line Tyler Heineke doesn't have a great offensive line I mean come on we're still not getting great pressure and that is going to be the demise of this team if we do not fix that and Reese I know you agree with me after your text this morning
1: well I think you have something to say about the defensive line being a major issue Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate in this case Uh, Frank Clark did have a sack uh they just i i have never seen a quarter fine like, well, it wasn't listed as a sack I mean, you know what play i'm talking about right where like he grabs heineken yeah like, bear hug rolls him over which like by the book yeah. is the quarterback is in the grasp and it's like play over and they kept letting it run stupid officiating do better but no i mean i i agree with you uh you know i, I told you i don't care how he plays the rest of the year. frank clark's gotta be gone at the end of this year uh you know jaron reed i don't he's a name that's that's don't know who you
0: are never met you would love to have you on the podcast so we can find out who you are But
1: you know i I said it this morning in the group chat i outside of that 2018 season where he set like the franchise single season record for sacks chris jones is i think chris jones is a b-plus player so far that we're paying like a star to make us believe we have a star on the defensive line i mean and this is coming from uh, one wrestling fan to another mr stone cold jones Uh, I just, why why do I feel like I never see him? I mean, and I don't want to hear that like, well, he's double teamed all the time, man. No, no, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, TJ Watt, Vita Vea, all those guys are double teamed all the time and they're still causing havoc multiple times in a game. To me, it feels like Chris Jones has a sack once every two or three games. You know, his numbers are trending in the wrong direction. I don't know if he's gotten complacent. And I'm not just saying this because, why well, they switched him to defensive end. No, 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 no. Check the numbers since 2018. They've been steadily declining even before he was on defensive end. I don't know if he's not as hungry. I don't know if it's because he's got paid now. But, dude, I would love for Chris Jones to be the best if not for Aaron Donald. But I don't quite see it. Well,
0: uh, one uh, one argument against it is that he has been injured. We haven't seen him in the past couple what, of games. His, he's going to start his again wrist, next week.
1: The same thing that Tooney, the offensive lineman, has said. Cast yeah, me shout up. Shout
0: out! Sh- shout out to he, Tooney. He, shout he's out to chewing on
1: a piece of leather every drive to like conceal the pain, and he's still trucking and being top three in his position. <laughs> that injury. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Yes. Shout out! Shout out to Tooney. Tooney had um, zero QB pressures with a broken arm. Um, and that that Washington defensive line, even though they're awful, Montez Sweat and Chase Young are the are the real freaking deal. So I don't I don't want to hear anything about that. You're right. Um, he's great. But still, but still, Chris Jones, got his, he's got his injury and he's in a different position. I will revisit this debate with you. If we put Chris Jones back on defensive tackle, because at least he got to the quarterback. I mean, yes, his numbers were were declining, but like he actually reached the quarterback, which is in the end of it. That's what we want, right? It doesn't matter if he's at end or he's at tackle. We just want him to reach the quarterback. So if he's able to do that at, 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 um, at defensive tackle, then put them there. Put them there because, you know, uh, Tershawn Warren did well. Mike Dana actually played pretty well as well. I was actually pretty impressed by what he did. Uh, but again, we played the Washington football team. So I am not I, I am encouraged by this game, Reese, but I am not satisfied by this game. I'm not going to say we are Super Bowl contenders. I want to see Sorensen at snaps I want to see Nick freaking Bolton win rookie of the year at the end of this year that boy can tackle and who called it yeah that's right Reese and I call it on this podcast, and we've talked about it since since preseason. We were talking about the need for the athleticism, the need to tackle. What is the thing we haven't seen this year? Tackling. What did we see in last week's game? Some excellent tackling. Um, shout out, Nick Bolton. What, what an amazing player. I can't wait to see more well, of him.
1: So here's why I want to say that if we click and consistently click, we are Super Bowl contenders. Uh, you know, we have seen... Buffalo click consistently throughout this season. We have seen the Titans, by and large, when they are clicking at 100%, mostly throughout this season. Same thing goes for the Chargers. minus getting blown out recently by the Ravens. Those happen. We are yet to see this Chiefs team click on all cylinders. You know, the linebacker core, Willie Gay is still coming back from injury. Slash, we may have lost Anthony Hitchens this last week and we still don't have a pass rush from this defensive line, this team has not yet clicked. So I think if this team can consistently play at the level they did the second half against Washington and do it consistently going forward to build up some trust, I'll be like, yeah, this is a team that can probably compete for the AFC title game and maybe make the Super Bowl. If they start tightening some of these screws, i.e. the defensive line, calling the right linebacker personnel in and the offense tightens up those turnovers, I would say this is potentially a Super Bowl champion team.
0: Oof, 100% agree when I see it, but for now, haven't seen it. Only seen it for two quarters. Let me see it for for a full game, and then I will eat my words. Speaking about eating my words, before we go to the beer review, I'm going to eat my words from last week when Reese gave us the hottest take, or what I thought was a hot take. Reese said that when CH comes back, he will no longer be a starting running back in the NFL, more so the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I said, Reese, you're crazy. Reese, I was wrong. I am flipping after one game. Heat of the moment. I don't even care. The numbers won't show it. But when was the last time that we saw the Chiefs run a north to south in between the tackles goal line run for CEH? When was the last time you saw that? Uh. Never. Exactly. We saw it twice with Darrell Williams. We saw no gadget plays. It's suspicious that we have seen since CH has been there, we've seen the weirdest gadget plays that we've never seen before in the Patrick Mahomes offense, which we see gadget plays all the time. But we've never seen these weird flicks to, to uh, offensive lineman to Travis Kelsey. We saw zero of that. With Daryl Williams as the running back. Yeah. Goodbye, CH
1: You're right in that Daryl Williams is our best running back. And I would like to say I put a meme out about this last year. I think it was maybe the Saints game or the game after. Remember the the two astronauts? Remember that one? Go check it out on our Instagram mm, yeah. at Fountain City SM. Check the receipts last year. The two astronauts with the gun meme about Daryl Williams says all he needs to say. Uh, You made some really good points running north-south on the goal line and some of those, you know, goal line packages. There were at least three or four plays where Darryl Williams busted off runs of at least five yards where there initially appeared to be nowhere to go, but he was patient, waited for a lane to open up, hit the lane, and got something out of nothing. That's the biggest complaint you and I have had about CEH, is that if the line does not make him holes – or if he is not spoon fed, look at this giant gap to run through. He is prone to running to where he's supposed to, even if there is no lane there. Does that make sense? Right.
0: No, no, no. No, absolutely. I mean, he he does a very good job finding the hole. CEH. Even though there's a big hole. We don't we don't see it with CEH. And it could be his size, I don't know, but I mean, Darrell Williams looks like the real freaking deal. Uh, 62 yards on 21 carries, two touchdowns, but also can catch the ball, which we haven't seen with CH as well. Uh, He caught three passes for 27 yards, more so um, that one pass that was 13 yards. So, uh, And especially with this offense now, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, we're going to see a lot less of Miracle Mahomes and more game script Mahomes. And that means that we're going to see a lot more dump offs. We're going to see some check downs to people like Darrell Williams. Um, and that's fine because that's going to win us games, right? We are going to see boring Andy Reid again because cover two is not going to allow us to be miracle Mahomes, which is fine because the middle field is going to be really open because the the east and the west side of the field is going to be really open. So that's going to allow for some more screen passes. Um, we'll talk about it with the Titans game a little bit. But yeah, I love it. I eat my words what I said. If CH does not come back as a starting running back, I will not be upset. Uh, we are thinking about the playoffs. We have to ride the hot hand. And Darrell Williams is the hot hand. And you know who has the hot palate? Who? Referee. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for referees' beer review. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for Hunt for Red October First. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I'm editing this podcast, I'm gonna need all that music stuff you put in there.
1: Oh my gosh, it sounds like a southern version. of, Remember the the, the Berks meme where it was like that Catherine Hagel looking seven year old one the Goosebumps books, and it's like, oh my gosh, Berks. <laughs>
0: Dude, I, I'm I'm okay with accents, but I have to like I have to really study them, you know. No, I, got I, you. I have to work for my craft. I can't just improv it, man. But I'm doing it right now because this is the hunt for Red October It's the hunt for Red
1: October I think we need a soundbite for that. If we if we get uh. 20 patrons on Patreon, we will make that a sound bite you can use as your ringtone. Oh gosh, or like, or like when you wake up. <laughs> yeah, Armando, er, it's time to wake up and get
0: ready for the day. <laughs> yes, I'm sure friends of the podcast, Joel, David, Sam, I'm sure they all love to wake up to that.
1: Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would.
0: <laughs> all right. Cool, so I will try every week, ladies and gentlemen. I will try to get better at that accent. Uh, But you know who doesn't have to get better about reviewing beers because he's great at it. That's right, Referees. Referees, what are you going to be reviewing for us today?
1: Man, well, first off, thank you for that Hype Man intro. I feel like I owe you money for that. Uh, Just so supportive. All right, go ahead. Um, So this week, I saw this one in the store, and it's a local Oktoberfest beer. And I could not Ooh. say no to it because I love the brewery name, and I love the brewery beer. So uh, Bud Light is it Bud
0: Light Oktoberfest because it's, it's
1: local? It's a Das Bud Lighten, which is the German <laughs> Bud Light Oktoberfest. No uh, noise for everyone's listening pleasure today. I will be reviewing stonk Stonktoberfest. Noise. Yes, delicious Stockyards Stocktoberfest.
0: You know what? I actually have a confession to make. What's that? I don't think I've ever had a Stockyard Beer.
1: I've had their Cerveza Royale, because it's just like a a corn lager that's like 3%. And yeah, it's very light and crushable and goes well with nachos. But I'm like you. I am not familiar with their stuff. I need to go there more. Yeah, because it's like right off
0: the corner of... um the street that is right next to the Kaufman Center
1: is that right? Uh, it's in, it's in the West Bottoms, uh, I believe down by the old Kemper, aka High V Arena. Oh, really?
0: No, no. Wait, did it used to be over there by like, um, Town Topic?
1: I don't think so. Maybe it was. I just feel like that's why it's called Stockyards is that it's in the Stockyards. Oh you know?
0: yeah. Well, I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's, uh... it's all
1: good stuffs changed around here all the time. <laughs>
0: I know, really well. Uh, next time I'm there, when we come see your your place, I will uh, we'll we'll go to some new breweries. Oh, dude, yes,
1: please. We need to do a 2 beer so bad.
0: Oh yeah. All right. Speaking about things you need to do so bad, you got to show us this beer because we are at a peer. No, we're not at appearance. Oh my gosh. And I have the notes in front of me. Uh, we are not at appearance. Reese, what is the aroma on this beer?
1: It's a a lot of malt scent in there. A little bit of honey sweetness going on. And I'm going to say a a kind of a zinky metallic smell, not unlike pennies. You know, if you got a nice, I I like taking a huff of a nice handful of pennies (laughs) pre-1985.
0: Do people still have pennies after COVID?
1: Oh my gosh, no! All cash has gone away. Is all crypto? I mean, I I have cash,
0: but I have not seen a penny or a dime since COVID. Good,
1: screw pennies, dude. Pennies are like useless. Pennies cost us money. It costs the government like ten million dollars a year to mint pennies. It's so worthless. And Reese
0: will be on uh, Kyle's political podcast when he makes that. I'm sure. You, I'm sure you'll be his first guest about wasteful spending in the government. And
1: Kyle's going to be like, "Well, let me tell you why the answer to this question is to go to the British halfpence system." <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Kyle. Love you, Kyle. No, but no, this beer is very delicious. It's it's getting sweeter the more it opens up. Yeah, it smells like I want to drink it. it. It smells like now. Remember a uh, Crisp or Smacks cereal? Oh, sure. It smells like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's fun. I like that smell. That's a 9.4. <laughs>
0: Ooh, coming out hot. Okay, 9.4. How about appearance for us? How does that look? Looks good for me. Dude,
1: this is the most transparent Oktoberfest I think I've ever seen Ooh. in my life. Which which isn't necessarily a bad thing. On a lot of like import Oktoberfests I've had, they generally tend to be more crystal clear like this. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can't see any carbonation going on in the glass, although you have to know it's there. Uh, The head started off an inch tall, and it's now but all gone to just a halo of head around where it's in contact with the glass. Uh, Yeah, not a whole lot to say here about the appearance. It it looks pretty. Let's let's call it an 8-3. All right, 8-3. Yeah, and
0: one thing that I think about with Oktoberfests that are, like, American, um, they almost Americanize it where it's, like, super dark as an Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you really look at some that are true to the style, they are pretty light in nature, right? And those are some of the best ones, at least, that I think. Especially when it goes, like, Meritzen's, Oktoberfest, Fest beers. Yeah. yeah. All that. Cool.
1: Loggers in general are um, like, designed to have a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on there, man. As Carlton Graham, friend of the podcast, said, Reinheis Kibbutz System four ingredients that's all
0: keep it simple sometimes the the answer is right beneath your nose as you said in the first segment but i butchered that (laughs) speaking about beneath your no because we're gonna do flavor speaking up beneath your tongue what is the flavor your your favorite part of this week i mean a beer review (laughs)
1: Ooh! Oh, baby, baby. That's fire! Wow! You know how I said it smelled like golden, cri- or, uh, smelled like golden crisp or smacks? Dude, it tastes like adult golden crisp or smacks in a glass, but with like not gimmicky breakfast cereal beer flavor, just crisp honey sweetness a lot of that wheat action in there no weird aftertaste a touch of hot bitterness oh baby Uh, yikes this is a this is a 10 <laughs> whoa this is a 10 10
0: on flavor how many did you get did you get Did you get one of those if you got more than one you have do you have to send me one or keep it
1: dude I will absolutely raid the beer store and get some more of these that's uh that's a big deal buddy that is dangerous dangerous what the heck
0: I don't know a 10 on f- when's your last 10 on flavor dude
1: I'm scared too. I wasn't ready for this. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Oktoberfest, you know, they're all kind of within the standard deviation of the bell curve. You know, they're they're probably no worse than like a seven, probably no better than like a seven nine. No, there's nothing wrong with this flavor.
0: Wow. Wow. I am looking forward to drinking that beer. That sounds delicious. That's amazing. Okay. Um, then we're, we're hoping for some high marks on these end ones. So how about, how is mouthfeel then after that 10 flavor?
1: It's a much lighter mouthfeel than a lot of other domestic Oktoberfest, kind of like we talked about. I'm going to throw some ones out there. Bob's 47 from Boulevard, Free State's Oktoberfest, Odell's Oktoberfest. No, this, this is much, much lighter. This drinks like a very light lager. Uh, a little bit of carbonation, more carbonation in there than meets the eye. Uh, cue the Transformers theme. I think, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's a little bit more action in there carbonation-wise than I kind of want, so I'm going to keep it at a 9 for mouthfeel, but still, still good. solid, Still good.
0: And your appearance was also a 9? Are we just at, like, the least you have is a 9 across the board? I think
1: did I give it? I think I gave appearance in eight, didn't I?
0: No, maybe well, you did. will check the receipts. But still, that's only appearance, so that's fine. We're still high marks here for stonkyard Yard Stonktoberfest. Aftertaste, Reese. How's how's
1: the back end of that? It's still blowing your mind, dude. a Little bit. Well, the hops come out in the aftertaste when you're exhaling more. Bitterness hangs to the center, center-ish to outside portions of the tongue. When I'm just sitting here breathing and listening to you talk and talking back to you, it's more of that Honey Crisp, Sugar Smack cereal flavor, man. And for that reason, it's ten on aftertaste. No! <laughs> it's a ten on aftertaste. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and Reese isn't in a like particularly good mood. I mean, this is this is true Reese. This is this is not a devil devil's advocate or optimist Reese. Optimus Reese, Optimist Reese,
1: Optimus Prime,
0: Optimus Reese on Hunt for Red
1: October
0: first. And finally, we have BDQ, which is bad defense, but I have a query. You're a bit better. Y-
1: y- yo, are you? Um, question mark. Uh <laughs> I'm torn right now between that impression of Sean Connery, Gregory Peck, Bing Crosby, and this beer right now and what to do about it. Ma'am, this is very good. Like I said, I came into this game believing or having prejudice, so to say, as to what Oktoberfests are and limiting my belief in what an Oktoberfest can be. This one hits all of the notes, doesn't leave me wanting much more of anything else, checks all of the boxes, and for blowing my mind, just just coming on the scene, I'm going to give it a 9.7 BDQ and gets my award for my favorite Oktoberfest. Whoa! Yeah, yeah I'm dead serious. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why don't you give it a 10, you're asking? It's because I like longevity. I want to come back to this beer two or three times from now. And like every time I come back to it, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's the beer I fell in love with. It's easy to get, you know, Jeremy Lin Sanity on this where it's like, yo, this guy's a superstar. And then just kind of like it averages out, and you're like, this guy's a great role player, maybe a bench player. And like, I, I want to make sure that Lin Sanity never ends. With this delicious October fest from Stockyards, so that's why it gets a nine point seven for shocking me so much in its debut. Wow! Ver- very to a very to a Tagavailoa in the national championship game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it comes out of nowhere and just dominates. Exactly, Good Lord. and that, that's what Stockyards did today. That's what Stockyards did. Today. Um,
0: well, Reese. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to at least put the Oktoberfest on the summit of Mount Crushmore, until I drink it and see if we can elevate it from the summit to dare I say having its own statue uh, on Mount Crushmore.
1: Yeah, dude, this is this is incredible. Uh, what, what's up? What's on wow. Mount Crushmore right now? We have a heady topper.
0: We have Hetty Topper, we have the Prairie, uh, Prairie Ales and Boulevard mm-hmm. Imperial. Uh, we, we haven't talked about this, but I think we should do, um, we, we can't do multiple styles since there's not a lot on Mount Crushmore, so that completes those styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have a Sour on there. What else do we have?
1: Do we, did we put the Beer Stop Pilsner on there?
0: Oh, maybe we, yeah, we, if we didn't, we should. Yeah. Cause I think both of us, hands down, we think that is amazing. So the, the beer Stop pills, have you had the beer Hellas? Uh,
1: no, I think I've had the KC Beerco Hellas. Okay. Also,
0: super good. I'll bring that next time we when when we go. Yeah, we we, we gotta make it happen where we go visit and we just ruin your, ruin your uh, home opening experience there in your new room. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yo, dude, I had like seven Oktoberfest. I don't feel so good. <laughs>
1: dude, I had way too many of these delicious five point four ABV, twenty six IBU, thirteen point four OG beers. <laughs>
0: Um, so those three beers, I want to say that I wanted to put, cause I don't think you ever had the like extra, extra juicy bits from Weldworks, mm. but that one is my favorite yeah. double IPA. Um, but I don't think you had that. So I want to make sure you have it before we try to put that on there. Um, so we have th- officially three, we have three on Mount Crushmore.
1: Dude. And for what it's worth too, uh, you and I both just got a drop of some thick, Thick beers from Toppling Goliath, courtesy of patient we did. patron zero Jordan Bachman. Shout out to Jordan Bachman, major friend of the podcast. So
0: shout out Jordan Bachman. So how about November? That first week of November, then how about we we crack those open once um Octoberfest is done? Do Hunt for Red Octoberfest.
1: Ah, getting closer getting closer Ah, i'm
0: trying i'm trying i'm trying all right stay tuned ladies and gentlemen for more great beer reviews Uh, but now we're gonna wrap up the podcast with some (laughs) maybe some hot takes maybe some cold takes about how great derrick henry's gonna be we are back ladies and gentlemen from your favorite segment hunt for red october feast into how many yards is Derrick Henry going to put on our awful, awful defensive line? That's right. Next week, we play the Tennessee Titans, um, and Derrick Henry last night decimated. Decimated the Buffalo Bills, who have a pretty decent defensive line, albeit not elite, but good enough to whip our ass. So uh Derrick Henry made them look like fools. And if he made them look like fools, Reese, what are we in for on Sunday?
1: Dude, the boogeyman checks the closet before bed for Derrick Henry. That guy is a monster. <laughs> He's a monster! Uh, I really don't know what to expect because I think in the two games we've played Derrick Henry, he ran over us in the regular season in 2019 and then we like absolutely shut him down in the 2019 AFC Championship game later that season. Uh, that being said, I think that defense is playing better than this defense right now, particularly if he gets to see Ben Neiman lining up in the Mike linebacker, you know, he's going to plow through the line just for a chance oh to get gosh. to Ben Neiman. So I'm going to put Derek Henry's rushing at 147 yards and two touchdowns. 147 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. The caveat being, he's not going to bust a big one like he did against the Bills. He's just going to gash us for like a 6.9 yards per carry all game. (laughs) All
0: right. Um, I'm just going to read his past games. So last night, 143 yards against Buffalo with that long 76, three touchdowns. Uh, Jacksonville, 133 touchdowns. He owns
1: Jacksonville, Jets.
0: 157, one touchdown. The Colts, a a pretty good defensive line, 113, no touchdowns. And then Seattle, 182 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. Reese, Derrick Henry is going to get his season high in rushing yards with 202 yards and three touchdowns on the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Well, you know what? I got to talk myself down here now a little bit. Like, let's think of this very empirically. <laughs> so the running backs that kill us the most are the ones that can get to the edge. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> ah, hey, got him. Ah, hey. Uh, so the running backs that get us the most are the ones that can get to the edge and are the ones that are used in the flats in, like, the screen game. And as luck would have it, those are probably Derrick Henry's two weakest aspects of his game. He's not, he does not have great hands. And while he has great north-south speed and acceleration, he's not really a turn the corner back. So if we can find a way to bunker down that middle, I mean, we shut down Austin Eckler when we played him earlier this year. And I mean, I know Derrick Henry's better than Austin Eckler, but like Austin Eckler is still, this season, probably like a top five to seven running back. So I mean I'm talking myself into a perfect situation here, but if we can have it like the indie game where it's like 125 yards, no touchdowns, I'm like I w- I would take that because I don't think the Titans beat us with 125 yards, no touchdowns from Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you know, from saying that you're you're correct. I think that well, actually, what I want to readdress. So the reason why Austin Eckler didn't run was because Mike Williams looked like zach or zach moss <laughs> looks like randy moss you know yeah. so i mean the, the, that that was another reason why i think that ryan tannehill doesn't get it going um and i think that our corners uh, really do a good job against h.a brandon and, and julio jones because we've seen them already do well against um stefan Diggs and scary terry these past couple of weeks so i think that trend continues um and then rabel just goes fine we're just going to run it down your throats um i don't think that beats us though I actually think we win this game. We we win this game. Let's see. Uh, because that, that Titans defense isn't great. They're pretty good, mm, but not great. So how about th- how about 31-21, Chiefs? Ooh, 31-21. To-
1: oh, you think we're going to hold the 21 points?
0: I think 31-21, but Derrick Henry gets all those touchdowns. He has three touchdowns still.
1: Man, I that'd be a cool game to watch, actually. If this defense held Tennessee to twenty one points, I would officially be on board with this defense getting fixed. Um, Really? But Tannehill sucks. I mean, he does, but he's not terrible. Tannehill's weird. And I think I said this in the group chat last night. It's like if the Titans had like a moderately better quarterback, that team would be so scary. But the, the way it is, is the team goes as Derrick Henry goes. So like Ryan Tannehill, like we saw last night he's good enough to like stick the dagger in you and finish you off but he's not good if it's a sword fight. So like if he's the one that has to win the game it ain't happening. It's but not as gonna we happen. saw in 2019, if he needs to do like, I need to get it together and put together one great drive he can put together one great drive when it matters. But he can't
0: do That's it all. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't yeah. So what, what what's your score, Reese?
1: Um I'm going to say I want to see 20 No. I'm going to say 31 27 Chiefs But it comes down to like the last drive of the game for either team. That's when it's going to get won or lost.
0: I mean, you're probably right. I'm trying to be an optimist, but you're right. It's probably going to come down to like a butker 50 yard or 51 yard to win the game. Mm -hmm. But again, I totally agree. I
1: would not be surprised if Tennessee wins this game. Tennessee doesn't have a huge weakness. They're just very good and consistent at multiple aspects of the game.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Okay, to, to end the podcast, I know we're going a little far, ladies and gentlemen, but I feel like we're on a roll today. Um, last week we had said that there's no way in hell that we are going to um, eclipse the best team in the AFC. Looking at the schedule, though, after that Titans win to that Buffalo loss, we got the Ravens at 5-1. and one. We got the Chargers and Titans at Sorry, Chargers, Titans, Bills, Bengals, Raiders, all tied for second at four and two. And then we got us, Broncos, Steelers, Browns at three and three. So what happens next week if we win? Well, then we're tied with the Titans. The Ravens play the Bengals. So the Bengals probably bye-bye four and two. And then the rest of our division is within that top that top sector, and I feel like we can beat all of them. We can beat the Chargers a second time. Okay, that, that really jumbles things there, Reese. So, how does it look now for you? We had talked about maybe we're not the best team, and we were just trying to fight for the number one in the AFC West. Looking now, though, what does it look like for the rest of the season for you?
1: Um, I mean, I'm going to dissect this from the top, starting at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens are a paper tiger. I mean, Harbaugh's doing a heck of a job coaching them. Uh, But I I, want to point this fun fact out. Lamar Jackson, outside of the the game where he went Super Saiyan against the Colts, which is literally he's never done that in his entire career up to this point, Uh, he has a one-to-one touchdown interception ratio with two games they've won this year where he throws more picks than touchdowns. That simply is not sustainable. That team also is playing a second-place schedule right now. And the games are actually only going to get easier until about week ten, and then I think we'll start seeing them because that's when they got to play the they got to play the Browns twice, the Bengals twice, the Steelers twice. Packers, Packers are in there. Rams are in there. That's why I think we'll see this team made out of. And even if they somehow, with the rest of the AFC beating themselves up, if the Ravens get the one seed, this team isn't good enough to do three straight games of like, okay, you got to go through Tennessee, you got to go through Buffalo, then you got to go through like you know, any of the NFC teams in the top five. It's like they're not good enough to do that. So I'm really not worried about the Ravens this year. I would say the real creme de la creme of this conference is the Bills, the Chargers, uh, the Titans, and us, I would say, are all very close with very negligible difference between those teams.
0: Do you do you know what the Chargers point differential is?
1: I'm going to guess the Chargers got a negative point differential. Correct. Negative two. They're another team that's very talent loaded, uh, but have had the benefit of winning a lot of close games. And that's another thing about the Ravens, too, is that you got to remember here, uh, the Ravens are a gifted fumble in chip shot field goal range from us and an NFL record field goal that had a favorable bounce off of the crossbar away from being 3-3. and Now, the Chargers aren't that fortunate at this point, but they're pretty fortunate in the way the ball's bounced in a lot of their games, but they're still very talented and talented enough to beat us in the playoffs. So I'm not discounting them by any means. Sure. Sure. Do you know what the Bills' point differential is? I guess the Bills' point differential is probably like plus 70 right now because they've played a bunch of cupcakes. Yeah, pretty good. Plus one hundred and five. Yeah, but you know, I, again, I I will buy that Bills team. The more the season goes on, I think the Titans game is more telling of a measuring stick than the Correct. teams they played, including us before the Titans.
0: But again, they they're really freaking lucky. Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts, Saints, Patriots are their next games until they play. The Buccaneers. Well, I think our, so. They they might just
1: dominate. Well, it's like I, I think our strength to schedule through next week is like second in the league. You know, it's not like we're losing to a bunch of scrubs. Like we're losing to playoff teams because we're oh not yeah playing we're playoff.
0: losing yeah we're losing to the best teams
1: in the AFC. That absolutely. being said, the Bills are the only team that really don't have a weakness and are playing consistently right now. So you know, like I'll shut up for now because I have no reason to talk bad on the Bills. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just saying. yeah
0: yeah. I mean, we still kind of have a hard schedule, Packers, Cowboys,
1: Chargers. Oh, it, other, other than that, it's It fine. don't get easier. I, I see a reality where the Chiefs miss the playoffs, to be honest. I, I think the schedule is hard enough that unless they batten down the hatches, fix the turnovers, and get that defense consistent, I'm like, they're not good enough to just like sleepwalk through the schedule and slide into a wild card game. <laughs> Gee, I mean, that that makes me sad. But
0: what will make me happy, I think what will change the tide is in three weeks if we definitively beat the Packers on the 7th. <laughs> it's game time baby it's game time. oh i can't wait for that but of course we got to get through this derrick henry decimation first so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen for some great content coming out boy we were fired up today uh and we will always be fired up so stay tuned a lot more to come on fountain city sports media
1: like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews.